This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. It's time now for A Toast to You with the Sprayden Toastmasters Club. Welcome to A Toast to You, a program from Sprayden Toastmasters Club. Toastmasters is a program where we experience public speaking in a friendly learning environment, where we practice and learn communication and leadership skills. Welcome to another episode of A Toast to You, brought to you by me, Pip. And instead of Jamie today, I feel privileged to have Russell Hazelwood joining me in the studio. Russell and I are both members of Spraden and Christchurch Toastmasters Clubs, respectively. The Spraden Toastmasters Clubs uh, meets at the Barrington Bowling Club at 290 Barrington Street on the first and third Thursday of every month from 7.30 to 9pm. And the Christchurch Toastmasters Club meets at the Cashmere Club at 88 Hunter Terrace every Tuesday, 7.30 to 9pm. We just want to say a huge thanks to Plains FM for letting us shoot the breeze and giving us this exciting opportunity to promote the wonderful world of Toastmasters. And before we get into things, I just want to tell you why Jamie is absent today. As we alluded to last show, he was a father-in-waiting. Well, now the wait is over, and his lovely wife Vanessa and himself are now doting parents of a little future crusader by the name of Jordan, sending out positive parenting vibes to those guys. Stepping up today in co-host mode is Russell Hazelwood, who is the Area Director D4 of District 72, which to me sounds like something out of the Hunger Games, but Russell is here with us and he also holds a leadership role in the club as the President of Christchurch Toastmasters Club, and he has been on a toast to you previously. So welcome along, Russell. Hey, thanks. It's uh, great to be here, and I'm sure that I won't live up to Jamie's high standards, but I'll do my best, I promise. I think you'll be fabulous. So without further ado, we'll do Word of the Day. The word of the day. The word of the day is a segment where we introduce a word that we try and incorporate into our speaking while doing the radio show and is indicated by the bell. And the person who says it the most gets the most uh, gets the coveted trophy, which we don't have today, uh, and gets to keep it for the month. I have such a weird love for unusual and wonderful words and today I would like to introduce a word that might prove to be a little bit harder to incorporate into speech, but is in my 10 top favourite words, not only for the way it rolls off the tongue, but also for its meaning. So word of the day today is serendipity. Serendipity means the occurrence of making pleasant and desirable discoveries by pure accident. In a sentence, it sounds like it was through pure serendipity that I met my best friend. If you are somewhere where you're able, pronounce it and feel like great it sounds coming out of your mouth. And I also have a challenge for you. Try and use it in an email today. Okay, Russell. Hope you can use serendipity in this speech today, although I don't mind if you don't. I know that your role uh, as a Toastmaster and as President and as the Area Director is um, is busy and you you do visit a lot of clubs. Can you just give us a bit of insight into what your week looked like last week? 
Yeah, last week was was quite a busy weekend and continues to be so. Um, this being my fifth Toastmasters event in five days. It started off on Monday. Christchurch Toastmasters are holding a speechcraft course, and a speechcraft course is effectively an entree to Toastmasters that enables people to experience Toastmasters in a condensed learning environment with a group of other people who are exactly in the same position. So they learn how to prepare and write a speech and deliver a speech, evaluate speeches and run meetings. So it's really cool. It's it's a lot of fun and I really admire the tenacity of the of the folks going along because it really is like being thrown in the deep end. But it's like a 10-week a crash course, if you think of it, a Toastmasters crash course. So that was on Monday. Is it run by the same toast cl- uh, Toastmasters uh, as... as- like the club that we go to, or is it a separate thing? Yeah, no. Um, every every Toastmasters club within the country has the ability to to run a speechcraft course. There's resources and manuals and so forth uh, online and available to all clubs, and uh, it is an opportunity to promote Toastmasters and also promote your club. I guess um, people may or may not decide to to take on Toastmasters after having done the speechcraft course, but it is usually something that people do because they have an objective that they want to meet, they want to improve in some area of public speaking, so it's it's great for them. And then on Tuesday night was my home club meeting at 7.30, and uh, that was a great meeting. Wednesday, we are into Toastmasters community is into their contests, speech contests, as you know. And last Wednesday, I judged online on Zoom a contest for Area D5, and that was the international and evaluation contest. So conjointly, there was there was two separate contests run online. And a number of judges from within and around the area were judging, and the participants were in their homes on Zoom, uh, delivering their speeches. So um, it's from the comfort of their own home. Home, yeah, yeah. So at least you you don't have to get out and find a park or or do that. So so that is, I guess, the one aspect of Zoom. Yeah. I don't personally love it because it's obviously not as personal, and you don't have that feedback from or audience participation so you can't so it, it is quite a, a, a skill or a challenge to be able to speak into the computer and 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 just look at a screen but uh, so that was Wednesday and then of course last night being Thursday was my uh, opportunity to go and visit your home club of Spraden and I had a great night there and I was able to deliver a speech and was warmly welcomed and uh, yeah that's one thing that I haven't done enough of and I'm you know, that's really my goal for the, for the rest of my Toastmasters year, and that will be to, to visit more clubs. And um, mm. you learn and you grow every time. And you, no matter what stage the club is at or or who's in the club, you can always learn something. And I like to think that I always impart something positive when I go and visit. And uh, last night was no exception. I really really enjoyed it. So that's cool. And of course today, I had the opportunity to. <laughs> To be in the studio with you and really get pushed outside my comfort zone and feel really awkward about it, but here we are. Oh, you're doing amazingly. Hey, obviously for um, obvious obvious reasons, um, the Zoom meetings are being held for the contest. Um, I know as we as a club are still meeting in person. Are, are your, is your club still meeting in person? Yeah, look, we're really fortunate as um, part of the 
COVID protocols have moved through the processes. There was a period where we had to meet online on Zoom, like many clubs, but we are actually able to to meet in person. We follow all the protocols. We just wear masks, sanitise. We have social distancing within the meeting. And then when you're up at the lectern and you're speaking, you're actually able to take off that mask, put it in your pocket, so then you are free to free to speak, which is, which is really cool. Um, I do have clubs within my area of, of D4 that meet in a business environment, and I feel really, really sorry for them because they are not currently allowed to, to meet in those environments because the businesses are obviously managing their risks, so uh, they don't enable uh, outside people to come in. So I'm hoping that things change really, really quickly for those guys. But there are also clubs that are doing hybrid meetings. They're meeting in person and they've got computers set up to record the meeting so people who wish not to be there are mm-hmm. able to. So, you know, it caters for everybody. And it's a really challenging and difficult time and lots of clubs, I believe, are, are suffering not great turnout and I think mainly it's a result of, of people's kind of reluctance due to COVID. So um, I'd just like to say that, that we're still doing it and we're doing it as safe as, as we can. You know, we follow all the protocols. So you know, Yeah, and that's awesome. I feel good about it, yeah. Um, and so you came to our club last night and I know that you came to our previous club meeting with a couple of other members from the Christchurch Toastmasters Club and that was in support because we had lowered numbers. Is this something, like, so, and I've heard of dual membership, so is this something that uh, we can encourage and so if people can get out there and build those numbers or do we, can we go to other clubs and feel happy you know, doing that? Is that something that's accepted? You know, should we be encouraging that? Yeah, look, and, and maybe that's serendipitous. Um, I have... <laughs> This grand plan, this great idea that that we have a galloping gavel. So during COVID, ironically, oh, it's, it's <laughs> during COVID, it's going to be a little bit hard to manage. But basically, when when things are all good, a club can contact another club and say, "Hey, we're going to bring some members along, and we're going to visit." So you'd ring up their club's uh, VP of Education, who might be planning the schedule of that club's meetings so they can slot in this club coming along and sometimes they won't even tell their other members they will just slot in this this club who are going to be delivering speeches or maybe table topics or being the grammarian for the night so it's a bit of a a nice surprise for the club members when they see all these strange faces turn up but <laughs> <laughs> or terrifying <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's, it's always re- it's really is always beneficial when you have um, that interaction because your club will not necessarily do anything wrong or do anything specifically right because there's no wrong and right. It's just the way, the culture of your club, the way that you do things. So when people from another club, you either A, go to their club or they come to your club, they shake things up, they do things a little bit differently and yeah, really. you experience some really great different speakers and you also, <laughs> I guess you are given a little bit of inspiration and some ideas on some things that you may change personally uh, with your speaking style or the way that your club runs or the way that things happen. So I'd really, yeah, I'm, I'm running out of time for my um, time as Area D4 director, but I'm, I'm really hoping that I can enact that before before yeah. the Toastmasters year is, is finished. So, so yeah. try and encourage people to attend other clubs. <laughs> yeah. I think it's great. And I, I did hear some really great feedback um, from the Table Topics Evaluator that came from another club and just how she gave that, and it was uh, really well received. Yeah. yeah, Alison's a bit of a star. She comes from Kaiapoi. We'll give a shout-out to, to <laughs> Kaiapoi. And Gillian from... Uh, 
Christchurch Women's Toastmasters, and oh, they've um, been I've, around for a while too, haven't they? Yeah, and and myself and Yo from from my home club, so it was cool, and we really enjoyed it. So again, there's this huge benefit in, in getting out to other clubs. You not only help them if they're struggling a bit with numbers, but you, as I say, everybody learns and, and grows as a result. Yeah, so, and we were lucky last night to have you come along and give a speech. So we have two speeches in our club meeting, and Russell came along last night and gave us a speech on his journey and, and the benefits of Toastmasters. Um, can you tell us what inspired uh, you to join Toastmasters? I guess more than anything, and it's probably common with just about everybody, it was my work life. I was moving through Fonterra, through different roles through Fonterra. I was a... An improvement project coordinator working in operational excellence and I moved through into a role of process project manager again working in the operational excellence field and as a result I experienced a lot of communication some really really great communication some really really great speakers <laughs> and some really really terrible speakers and some really terrible communications so I guess I experienced everything and, and my speech was called The Good, The Bad and Ugly and I guess effectively when I did this journey of self-discovery, that's what it, that's what it was. So as a result, uh, again, serendipity was knocking at my door. <laughs> my then manager oh, gosh, said... Gosh, we don't have the trophy. <laughs> <laughs> my then manager said, so what are you going to do in regard to your personal professional development? So we had a a development plan where you'd be assessed um, on goals that you needed to achieve within your workspace and also personal goals of, of development. So I knew at that point the only avenue that I could see for me was to be one of those great communicators, one of those people that could engage with people and have an impact, a positive impact in, in the workplace was for me to go to Toastmasters. So then I was uh, in Taranaki and I went to Pukekura Toastmasters, club much the same as, as Christchurch. And, and that's one thing that listeners may or may not realise, uh, pretty much you can go to a Toastmasters meeting anywhere within New Zealand or Australia or Hong Kong or wherever Toastmasters are, the States, you know, and the meetings are going to be for all intents and purposes, pretty much the same. You'll feel comfortable they run on the same format. So uh, the club that, that I went to was was brilliant for me. Um, it enabled me to practice and, and develop my public speaking. And did you join for becoming a, a public speaker? What did you go to Toastmasters for? Oh, no, for? not specifically. And same kind of thing. It was interesting when you said about most people join for work, and that was exactly the... the, the same reason in my case. I didn't do so well on one of my clinical assessment days and that was through purely just freezing in the spotlight. And uh, so I wanted to address it. But And this is really typical as well. It took me a couple of times, a couple of years and a couple of times of going. So I got to the front door the first time, turned around and walked instantly away, just completely out of fear. And it, then a, a year later, I kind of managed um, to build up the courage to actually walk through the door. Which was awesome. And I, I love Toastmasters. I mm. love the fact that every time I go there, I learn something different. Like, we learned something last night um, about an app that you could download um, through a speech that was given, and it gave you some fuel savings. And it was like, oh, my gosh, I would have never have known that. And I know that just sounds weird. <laughs> but it's just the different things that you learn when you go there every time. And you just meet such a diverse group of people, people that you ordinarily wouldn't mm. um 
you know, mingle or associate with outside yeah. of Toastmasters, but mm. yeah, really diverse. Yeah. Now, and, and then look, again, the same thing for me. It's not only that ability to gain confidence and develop your speaking skills, but the, the real tangible benefits of meeting some great like-minded people. And, you know, I'll, I'll tell the story. I have been and witnessed speeches where I've had tears rolling down my cheeks because I've been laughing so much. And then I've had seriously had tears kind of rolling down my cheeks because people have told me a story that's harrowing. And when you go to Toastmasters and people deliver something straight from the heart that's very, very raw and, and emotional, it's quite moving. So... People, uh, again, amaze me at their resilience and, and their ability to be able to kind of lay themselves open and, and be absolutely real. And they're, the, they're, for me, the speeches that I really, really enjoy. Mm. And they're the ones that I've, that I've learned from. So like when I first started, I tried to be practised and polished and I'd have a script and I'd try and stay to it word to word and I'd stand up and I'd speak. <laughs> and then I'd have that mental blank because I had it written out on two two A4 pieces of paper. I knew exactly what I was going to say. And when you have a mental block, you're kind of stuck and you don't know where you're going. So after a while, after like 10 speeches that I delivered with no notes, yes. trying to remember yeah. everything, I finally found a, a way of, of developing speeches that were more real and tried to more focus on things that you know about. So obviously, if... You're intimate with a subject, it could be about yourself or something you're passionate about, it's much easier. So it's more about kind of having a mind map with some bullet points. Um, there's a structure that I use that works really, really well for me. But yeah, that was I'm probably, yeah probably, sorry, digressing a little bit, but yeah, that's kind of the way that I approach, approach things. But that's all part of that journey, you know, about what my catalyst for, for going along was. But yeah. Yeah, and I noticed that last night you didn't use notes at all. You stood up, you spoke, you know, you spoke from nothing at all. Just stood up there and kind of used your hand gestures and your voice and and um, delivered speech on your journey to, to Toastmasters. Mm. And um, and like you say, it was raw emotion. It was kind of like you could take yourself back there. It was like the word of the night last night was reminisce, reminiscence. Reminiscence, yeah. And you were able to kind of exactly do that, and it was just so appropriate. Mm. Yeah. Oh, look, and, and um, you know, that's through that journey, as I said, I, I spoke a little bit before about extremely good and extremely poor communication. And, and some of those examples were we would be delivered some information and it might be like a hundred PowerPoint slides. And I don't know if you've ever been to a PowerPoint presentation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I can tell you what, a hundred (laughs) slides is enough to put anybody to sleep. And the reality is, is when you're trying to deliver information to to folks, people can take about five to seven pieces of information. That's all they're really going to take away. So why give somebody a hundred slides? So as a process project project, Manager, we were kind of a flexible resource, and I had to deliver information. And it might be on product quality, it might have been on health and safety, it might have been processes or procedures that were changing. And the technophobes would develop all these kind of slides, <laughs> a million slides, and I'd go through and kind of take half of them out. I'd put in some funny videos, and I learned that through Toastmasters that that if you want to deliver a message or you want to engage, you really need to be able to, I guess, have, an, have something that, that draws 
the audience t- to you, whether it's, it's standing up and holding up your hands and saying, hey, I'm the absolute dummy here, you guys are the experts, I really, really know nothing about it and I really desperately need your help. You need, you need some way of uh, enabling people to be open to listening to you. And, you know, a really funny video is, is not actually such a bad idea because it puts people at ease because they think it's going to be boring and it's going to be really, really hard work and then something comes along and it's really, really funny. Or if you can tell a funny story. Uh, there was an incident where we had a business analyst, and business analysts are really div- deal in, in really um, accounting-type aspects of of, of manufacturing or, or big business and it's about saving money and getting better yield and output and product quality and things like that. So there was a guy that was a business analyst and I knew that he was pretty um, straight up and I thought wrongly, I thought that he was like not my type and I didn't really kind of have much time for him. And That's not what you said last night. <laughs> I'm trying to be I'm trying to be PC. He um he didn't he didn't spin my wheels and, and I wrong and I really learned a lesson that you don't judge a book by a cover. We were in a seminar in the Waikato and we were, it was actually a interactive seminar where we would go out under the dairy factories, put some policies and procedures and, and do some planning and training in, in place. And we had a session coming up with, with this guy, and his name was Mike, and I wasn't looking forward to it. It was about an hour long, and I thought it was going to be like so bad. And he was so good. He was so funny. He told us stories about how he was he was a skinny type of kid, and he used to get beaten up at school, and rather kind of serendipitously, he kind of found a... a, a a soul in the, the, the school caretaker who used to, you know, share his coffee out of his thermos with him and he used to get refuge there, but immediately you kind of warmed to him. And he, he spent quite a bit of time kind of putting us all at ease and telling us things about himself, but in a really funny way. He had quite a dark humour and I really appreciated that. And then at that point I thought, hey man, I, I really, I really, I've come warm to him, and I was very open and receptive to hearing what he had to say. So, you know, that's an example of it doesn't matter what you look like, or if you're really well spoken, or if you're genuine and you have that ability to be open and engage, it's hugely beneficial. And as and as such, you know, the benefits that I've that I've found, I can work within a team. I can gain consensus within a team through Toastmasters. We do, all, you know, as you know, Pip, we do evaluate every speech. Mm-hmm. So it makes you being, become an active listener. So mm-hmm. rather than just waiting to get your point across, it actually means that you actually have to forget about what you think and actually listen to what they're saying and evaluate what they've said. And so you are better able to understand somebody else's point of view. And it's such a such a critical skill, isn't it? Being oh, able absolutely. To evaluate and being able to evaluate well, because you want to give someone something to take away and take, you know, to learn and to incorporate into their next speech and and how to improve. Yeah, yeah. And no. sometimes that can be really difficult, especially when it can seem a little bit hypocritical when, when <laughs> you're kind of no better. <laughs> you said amara, and in your evaluation, you've given fifteen ums and ahs. Yeah, absolutely. And you feel like a, a yeah a little bit. Of like um, overconfident when you're saying I think that that you did this or you did this or you could improve on this, but uh, I guess again it's about learning to take that 
criticism. So now, when I ha- if I give a speech and people says, "Hey, that was a wonderful speech. It was a lovely speech. I really, really enjoyed it." I'm thinking, actually, what was wrong with it? Because I need to know because yeah, I can't improve. Can tell me, tell me. I won't get you know. I won't get upset about it because seriously, when you're standing up in the front, you do things. It might be mannerisms. It could be you're using filler words and you don't even know. Like we think of um, ah. Uh, but people use, and we did this, and we did this, so we did this, and the words that we just throw in there that absolutely have no value. So I uh, just did it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, so it's, it's those things that you learn. And, of, and of course, when you're able to speak impromptu, uh, it's hugely beneficial, like uh, if you're in a job interview, when people ask you a question, you're actually able to calm your mind, think about what they've said, put that question in context and deliver an answer. Even if you're not 100% sure about the subject, you're able to calm yourself. And, and that's what we need to do when people put you on the spot, when they say, put, tell, tell us about your favourite holiday. Or I'm at the back with looking down at <laughs> my feet, please go, please don't choose me. <laughs> so you know what that's like, right? So it's the skills that you learn about I can imagine they're invaluable. Yeah, yeah. So those those are just a, you know just a few of the things you know we learn how to to run a meeting, keep keep things on track and on time. So yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Oh, it's lovely. Thank you so much for coming along today. And um, word of the day, you said serendipity three times, or a form of it. <laughs> uh, and so I wish I do uh, did have the trophy to give to you, but unfortunately I don't. But well done. Thank you. Um, so this now brings us to the end of our show. Thank you very much for coming along, Russell. And I just wanted to say a big thanks to Plans FM for making this show possible. I hope you've enjoyed your time on the show, Russell. Um, it's been awesome. Thank you. Yeah, And remember, everyone, Sprayed and Toastmasters, look us up on Facebook, Instagram, or search for us online and come along to a meeting. Face your fear and do it anyway. You won't regret it. Until next time, stay safe and see you next month.